Belfast during the punk scene back in the day? Or did you not get over it? Um, I, I, no, I didn't. I've been to Belfast quite a few times, actually, but not, not for live music. Um, I've done a couple of gigs over there as a comedian, but not. I mean, apparently it was amazing. Apparently in the 70s was yeah. a stiff little thing. It was really, you know, all that anti-RUC, anti-IRA, anti-UVF, all that thing. Fucking brilliant. I, also, I, I really got... I really got into that petrol emotion who were who were the undertones sort of reincarnation yeah. and, and and they were so political and I'm pretty left and, and they, they were just amazing at the time. I've been listening to them a lot during lockdown. I got taken to the only thing is for me it was a bit dangerous because they're quite IRA. And um yeah. I was I was dragged to one of their gigs once and the fellow goes, Ah, so where are you from then, mate? And it's like if I say Raf Kool, I'm fucking dead. Um so I'm like, look, I'm gonna tell you, I'm a fucking prod, but I'm left wing and I'm here watching the concert and I don't want to get me nose splattered. So thank you very much. And that that was nearly yeah, as bad. No, like- that was I'm just as as a lot of, lot of people, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly left wing. Everyone knows that, but you know, like, and, and I'm Irish. Uh, I don't know if everyone's put the one, uh, two, and two together there, but I think, I think they certainly may give it away. Yeah, it may. You've got a big clue, right? I'm back and I am recording everything. Kevin, is absolutely- before we, before we start, yeah, I'm talking left wing things. Does anyone actually think Morris is on a fucking wind up or what, Morrissey? Yeah. Oh, Fuck. Oh, oh. No, I think he's genuinely and, deranged. And Lydon as well. Him and Lydon. A fucking killer my childhood. Lydon's gone yeah. bonkers, isn't he? He's Trump. 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 I know, it's extraordinary. I often wonder, uh, is it them who's gone mental or am I the only fucking bloke of my age <laughs> that hasn't gone really right wing? Fuck's <laughs> sake. I know so many people that have gone really right wing. You know, just Seriously, Bob. You know, hmm. Good friends, good friends. They've just slowly got more and more right wing as they've got older, and I've probably got more left wing. I'm more yeah. like stick them, stick them up against the wall and shoot the cunts now. But uh, um, where, I'm not sure that's right wing and left wing. I think that's murder. Us revolutionary socialists have got a really good record on that. If you know the Spanish Civil War where they all turned the guns on each other, yes, very well done, yes. Yes, yeah, right? Yeah, really, really right. good, really good. This is all recording, so this is fine. Um, so There's still a wee bit of clicking going on. I can hear a wee bit of clicking. There is some clicking. It's come back. I don't know where that's coming from. Can you try without the earphones, Bob? Okay. Give it a go. You're go- can you still hear me? Yes, that's, that's yeah, it's fine. fine. The clicking yeah, has right. gone. You're, you're actually clearer than you were before. Okay, I hear. I can't hear you quite as well. So, ah, oh, okay. We should did speak you, up. Did you get uh, those headphones from Wish as well, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you knew the phone that I was doing this on, you'd be shocked. It is fucking rubbish, man. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be worse than Kevin's. Carry on, Kevin. My phone's all right. It's, it's fine. It's, it's an S9. I've got a Galaxy S9. I know, but you've got a Galaxy. I had to get a fucking Samsung because I literally smashed my phone with fucking Marmite. I've got so, a really old Samsung. Mm. I the first Samsung, but then they sponsored Chelsea and it was a bit awkward and blah, blah, blah. That's true. And, then yeah, yeah. Broke, and, and now I'm back on iPhone and I want to go back to Samsung because they don't sponsor Chelsea, so it's handy. But, you know. Yeah. Now you can't go on yeah. the three network. The trouble, is with, the trouble is with Rangers is if you bring out a Samsung phone, everyone goes, ooh. Ooh, you know, like, ooh. So God knows anyone, they'll probably go around checking every fucker's tires now because they're sponsored by a tire company. Fuck's sake. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. Chelsea aren't. Chelsea's sponsored by three. Oh, yeah. 
That was last season. It was Yokohama. Now they're three, three phone network. Oh, anyway, right. right. Shall we? Listen, record the union capitalist. Okay. I know, I know. I'm, I keep up with stuff. Anyway, sorry, Nick. You have to edit all this shit out. Anyway, not that it's shit, but I mean, I mean, shit. I'll well, just things. tell the start from what time is it? Uh, I don't know. Past six. Go on, crack on. <laughs> not I'm sure it, Bob's not got it has a timestamp on it. Anyway, right. I'm sure Bob's I'm got do... better things to do than listen to me and he you. Has. I'm going to do. I'm going to do the introduction, <laughs> then there'll be the theme tune. We won't hear the theme tune. I'm going to do introduction, two second gap, then I'll do the introduction properly to us, and then we can talk about football. Okay, ready? Three, two, and one. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 17 of Time Added On for Sausages. <laughs> Well, thank you indeed for joining us once again. And I'm Kevin Burroughs. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Paul Finney. How are you doing, Paul? I'm all right. I'm all right. I've, I've, I've got through COVID, which was a bit weird. Yes, I was going to say that. You kind of, I didn't like to spoil my thunder by being more ill than I am. But um, you have had COVID-19 since we last did uh, with the yeah. last episode we recorded. Well, You've had COVID-19. Yeah, since just to explain to the listeners, if we have any. I don't know. We might not have any. We do have some, so. yeah. We have some. Yeah, right. It's like, I got it because my mother died and I went to my mother's funeral and my daughter came back from uni and decided to give us a plague. Um, which, <clears> in normal circumstances, I would have been really annoyed at because I'd have missed football and bloody blah, blah, blah. But as you can miss, fuck all these. I mean, oops, there he goes again, swearing. As you, as you miss nothing <laughs> Thanks, these days. Thanks, Apple. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, it's, it is a weird one. So, I mean, there's probably plenty of COVID deniers and well done you, but I tell you, it's shit. <clears throat> yes. You briefly glossed over the fact, we didn't mention this, but that's why we haven't had another episode recently. Your very sad report, Paul's mother passed away, and then you got COVID at her funeral, and you got Nottingham University COVID as well, which is a particularly strong strain of it, from what I understand. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Our kid came back with it. Um, glory be, she came back and gave us a plague, bless her. Ten grand and you get the plague. Marvellous. Most, most kids bring back their washing. When I don't know well. and, and, oh, and she brought back a, a. Do you know how much it is? Sorry, Bob, but let's just be slightly here. Do you know how much it is to do your wash at university? It's 10 quid. Is it? Fucking hell. None of my kids went to university, so I, I didn't know that. But um, anyway, so we do have a guest on this episode, as we tend to have guests. We're going to be talking shortly more uh, about football, but let's briefly bring in uh, and do an intro to our guest. So we have had quite a few. Guest with QPR connections. This is true, Paul, isn't it? And so well, I, thought, I only well, know I, QPR fans. I, I, I know that is also true. Your, your, your social circle is very, very small. Of course, all of us is small now. Um, if you're listening to this uh, for the first time, I wonder what the hell's going on. Paul supports QPR. I support AFC Wimbledon. And for the first few games of this season, my team has shared your ground. So thank you very much to QPR for putting us up. It's very kind of you. But we have moved out into our lovely new ground, and we had a game there uh, in which some of our players got COVID. So um, yeah. <laughs> And, and typical as a Wimbledon thing, we were two one up. Didn't deserve to be two one up, and Doncaster equalised for the last, pretty much last kick of the game. Anyway, so we are joined today though by a Wimbledon supporter, and we haven't had that before. It's not just any old Wimbledon supporter. We thought let's get somebody on who is a bit uh, a celebrated person, someone who's actually got a well-known name in this in the in comedy circles. So if you are familiar with the wrong comedy. Um, you'll be familiar with my next guest, our next guest. So please welcome Mr. Bob Walshy Walsh. How you doing, Bob? Hey, how you doing, guys? <clears throat> nice We're to be here. Well. Thank you for asking me. But you have also been ill. So, I mean, are you recovering? Your your hair looks magnificent. Yeah. I know this is an audio, but your hair looks great. What? How how are you feeling now? 
Um, actually, like, well, I actually had COVID in February. I think I was one of the first people to have it. But I, I, I've just had other stuff going on, and 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 it's not getting treated because of COVID. Um, so COVID wasn't too bad. It, uh, I had a couple of moments where I was a bit worried, but um, um, I was a bit worried I wouldn't see Plough Lane. Um, I must admit mm, that crossed my mind actually that evening. <clears throat> um, yeah. And and and, um, and and I got over that quite well and uh yeah the other stuff's just not getting better because <clears throat> it's not being treated excuse me yes so, that is, yeah. it's, it's one yeah. of those byproducts of if you if you have something that's not considered covid or fatal you'll get unlucky isn't it well, you see, the, trouble is, yeah. the trouble is i had a conversation about this with someone who's a, a, not you bob or anyone like that though it's not you're not whinging about it, the covid so oh, people start going up it's like if people started being a wee bit more sensible and we weren't filling the hospitals up people like bob and others could get treated so, no one listening to this podcast is a selfish bastard. Thank you. But it's the fickers out there who just... There's what bloke got down the other day. He's gobbling everywhere. He's sneezing everywhere deliberately. As it comes down, I'm going to be a rebel and just, you know... And it's like, Jesus, lads. This is this is ridiculous. I don't know. I was just doing my head in. Because it's not... I've, Bob, you've had it and I've had it. It's not nice. Even when you have a wee, mm. it, everywhere hurts. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, horrible, really, truly, truly horrible. And, and and I can imagine how it's taking out sort of older, more vulnerable people. I, mm. I, I've stayed really fit, and over the last 10 years, I've lost five stone, you know, and I, I've literally, you know, lit, and I still play five-a-side <laughs> football, even though I'm nearly 60, and it's still nearly done my lungs, man, nearly, nearly, nearly. Oh, that's awful. It's, I, I compare it to when I was at Chelsea and we lost 6-1. <laughs> just the worst that's, that's day of my the life. most painful day of your, of your, your life really, it? well no it was um, alright because if they had to beat us 6-0 we have the record because we beat them 6-0 oh, that's so, true, yes. so we had to get a goal Yeah. So and Cissé got it and we're celebrating like we won the cup so obviously someone must have said to him like, just don't let it be 6-0 because yeah. we've got that record but yeah that was horrible that was one of the worst days in fact losing to them anywhere was horrible to be honest with you but anyway well, that, we're not talking about Rangers for once no, we're going to talk about but, you guys um, no, but you're right, though. But in terms of illnesses, as some people may know by now, listen to this, I'm a type 1 diabetic for the last 46 years. And I have diabetic eye condition. It's all fine, currently, And diabetic kidney disease. And I've not seen a diabetic specialist of any kind since January. So I, I don't know how my kidney disease is progressing. My eyes could be getting worse. No idea. I'm not, for, for one minute, am I suggesting that it's more important than people with COVID. However, people who are going out drinking and hopping over the border from Derbyshire to Nottinghamshire so they can have a pint, that thanks, wouldn't it? That's basically it. That's my point. Um, anyway, so yes, so this week was a, a momentous occasion. If you're a Wimbledon fan of a certain age, are you not talking about QPR beating Derby then? I wasn't mentioning that. No, it was a good um, goal, though, wasn't it? Good header, very good goal. Um, um very, so no, good very good result. It's it a wee bit like Samora, but without the 80,000 at Wembley. Carry on. Yeah, like yeah. good good header from a from a is he from Zimbabwe, isn't he? Macaulay Bond? He's a Zimbabwean international. I'm not sure if he's actually originated from there. Oh. Or like my daughter who had played for Northern Ireland but is actually from Barnet. But <laughs> she's always she had to play for Northern Ireland if she liked football. So she well, didn't. She un- hits it. Unlike Tony Cascarino, she does actually have an Irish link. <laughs> he was completely un Irish, wasn't he? Did you see the other day? Just I know we, this is what we do, Bob. We go off topic. But I seen the other day he was writing somewhere about cheats, and I'm thinking there is big some man that cheated a nation. You know? yes. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah. He's having to go up people about being mm. cheats. Really, Tony? 
Carry on. He played in in a World Cup, and anyone who's played a bit of Sunday League, I mean, I I would have played for for Guyana if (laughs) if I'd have got a place in a World Cup squad. So let's be honest, like they're fair. Yeah, no, don't don't blame him at all. And um, I I do because I tell you why I blame him. There is probably some really terrible young Irish player who never got to go to the World Cup because of Tony Cascarino. And I'm on the side of the little fella. I'm on the side of him. Yeah. I, I did once Cass- play a game at his former ground. He used to play for Crockenhill Town before he went from he went from Crockenhill to Gillingham about eighty one. I played once at Crockenhill's ground. There you go. Thank you. So, um, so yeah, a momentous occasion for us. We, as most people know, Wimbledon left their home at Plough Lane in nineteen ninety one, thinking nah, a few years time we'll be back. And it's taken us <laughs> twenty nine years and six months to get back. We finally have a ground of our own now um, in Wimbledon, not far from uh, the old Plough Lane. And we're not going to call it New Plough Lane because that annoys lots of people. Um, the only people who are against it were the people who like going greyhound racing and banger racing, but that stadium was dilapidated and full of asbestos. So we are back, and it's a immense occasion for us, emotional time. I didn't find it particularly emotional because we couldn't go. And it's a bit hollow, all that build-up, and we couldn't go. So I, I'm not a particularly emotional person. I didn't think Bob was, but having read Bob's Facebook post over the last few days, Bob, you were a bit of a wreck, weren't you, on Tuesday? Yeah, I've got to be honest. It's just just the fact that we've done it. I mean, not being there, uh, you know, I've had that problem quite a lot of my uh, working life has been running pubs all over the country, doing comedy all over the country on Saturdays. I've had a lot of my life not been able to be there. And, and, and just the fact that we've done it, we've achieved it. Um, yeah, no, my, my life was flashing before my eyes, days out with the people that helped to achieve it. Yeah. Um, just, just all the great days from the past, all, all the, uh, you know, the, the climbing up the leagues the first time, you know, uh, and I started as a non-league supporter the first yeah. time, um, you know, and I, I never called myself a supporter, but I used to go and watch this amazing non-league team just up the road, and uh, uh, and. And, and inevitably ended up after working with Ivor from the, about the age of 14 or something like that. I ended up going every week uh, and, and and thinking of Ivor during during this. Mark Jones, um, uh, yeah. Luke Arton Kelly, uh, you know, like Chris Stewart, just 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 the people who haven't made it. Um, just it all flashed before my eyes, and and I let it. Um, it will be. I'll have to go through it all again when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, that's, I that, will that's be the weird thing. everyone. Well, yeah, when, when we, I'm sure we'll all do that. I did that after we won promotion to the Football League. I hugged people I didn't know, including, as it turned out, a Luton fan. He wasn't happy about that. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but it was a strange occasion, wasn't it? Because the, the build-up was great. We had about an hour and a half of um, preview show put together by our friends Chris Phillips and uh, Charlie Talbot. Did a great job with that. And then I actually missed the kickoff. I, I miss big things by being in the toilet. I missed the kickoff. Uh, has got the loot. I missed Nelson Mandela coming out of prison because I <laughs> went to the loot, came out, and he'd gone. I missed him. Yeah, then as well. Yeah, yeah so, you, so you had twenty nine years or so to go to the toilet, and you decided to go to the toilet when the poor man was released after all their years. Not, decades. I, yeah, yeah, but because I hadn't been in twenty nine years, I'd not been to the toilet in twenty nine years just to make sure I didn't miss anything. I'm like, oh, I've got to go yeah, now. Let's be honest, we would have all stayed there, wouldn't we? <laughs> Absolutely, yes, exactly. But it is just a strange, uh, uh, a strange what, thing to actually go through seeing our team play at yet another ground. We've now seen our team play at four, potentially five. If you went to the Intertoto Cup games we played in 94, 95, we played our home games at the 
Yes, to the Goldstone Grounds. So we've seen our team play at Plough Lane, Sellers Park, the Goldstone Ground, Kings Meadow, and uh, well, we didn't get to go to Loftus Road. Sorry, the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium, but we have we've seen our team play at five different grounds, which is quite bizarre. Um, I, almost, I almost pulled off a, I almost pulled off a, a day's work. A mate of mine is involved in the security at QPR, and I ah. just nagged him and nagged him and nagged him, and he, <laughs> and, and he thought. Right, and I was on a list. If about two or three people had pulled out, I could have got on there and got to go to the game. I, I would have loved it if I was marking the. If I was looking after the gate outside, I just would have loved to have been there. Just loved yeah. to have been there. That Do you know been, what? I, I did, have been. It's really weird because from an outside point of view, obviously Kevin's a friend of mine. I was very proud for you guys because, like, you know, if any, and I'm, still, I'm not just playing lip service or all that shade, but amazing, and it's just so good that you're still in the same league as M. Identity theft bastards, and yes. you know, and <laughs> also, yeah, and and also, it's as I said on Twitter at the time, it's the biggest up years to Winkleman ever. You know, we're back, we made it, we still exist, and um, up years, brilliant. I was really proud, and the love from all sorts of football clubs was amazing. I mean, you get the odd one, you do get the odd one who will stick up for MK, but you just put them on mute and ignore them. Yeah, uh, that was interesting. A lot of our Facebook feeds were filled up with. Even even supporters of clubs in our own division, mm. Harland, Sunderland, and Portsmouth, saying, "I don't want to. I don't. You know, I want, I'd love for you to get relegated, but you should. But in your own ground, what you've done is amazing. And the fact that we had to, we as fans had to fill that little eleven million pound gap between, you know, a funding gap, and that that made it even more special. The fact that you know, less than a year later, there we were playing a match at that ground. The fact that there was nobody there was disappointing. But forget that." That was, that's the same for everybody. But I was going to ask you. Sorry. It is quite handy. We're really fucking loaded. Let's be honest. We are like, <laughs> as a football club, we are fucking loaded. Like, you know, I'm not one of those people. I'm a poor entertainer. No. But, but like, honestly, as a club, more of those people own their houses. More of those people are retired <clears> professionals. More of those people. Yeah. Are, seriously, we are so lucky. Like, it, uh, Wimbledon has always been a mixed area. There was always South Wimbledon and Wimbledon Village, you know. So there's always going to be the mix of the two, and there always has been, uh, and which is which is a really nice thing about our club. But, but let's face it, our supporters are fucking loaded. <laughs> they really but, are. Well, that was going to ask both of you. There was a survey, wasn't it? There was a survey a few years ago, about ten years ago, maybe, and then it was the one one of those sort of surveys of what at what time do you get to games? Where do you go to away games? One of it was with your annual salary. And we were the richest club in the country in terms of support. Apparently, and, and best educated. And best educated well, person. Really? Uh, I wasn't to me either. So, I, okay. I read that. That was that was back in Foul Lane days. I, I, I read that. I wouldn't be surprised because it would be fairly normal for a kid there to go to university. I, I, yeah. Not not totally, you know, it's not hundred percent, but it would be fairly normal, wouldn't it? And, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, what and, uh, you know, the area, know, it's Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. the thing is, what I was going to say to you both, sorry guys, we're trying to butt in because I'm, I'm just about to ask this question because if I forget, at my age, not as you, old you, as are you, trying, both, you are, you are trying to interrupt two comedians, so carry on. <laughs> one, Kevin, one I've, seen, comedian. I've seen your dress sense, mate. I know that. Um, so. The first match you went to non-league, if someone had told you what was going to happen all this way down the line, did you think it would be sooner? Did you think it would be quicker? Or did you think it wouldn't happen at all? Which I've never thought it was going to happen. 
I've never thought any of it's going to happen at mm. all. Like when I when I first went in the non-league, I, I they, Wimbledon were just the Man United and non-league, and the journey afterwards was just like, oh my god, that happened at a time <laughs> when I was young and had a load of money in my pocket, and I was going home and away. So like that was amazing. It happened first time, and then when it started happening second time, I actually mm, I I. I it, I'd, I'd let it enter my brain that we might just become a league side again, like in you know before I die. Um, but like the, the the journey is like it's hard to believe for a second that any of it could have happened. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, both of the journeys through the leagues have been ridiculous, and it's PlayStation yeah. game stuff. It really yeah. is. I've said that a lot, lot, a lot, and I've explained it to people, especially. In- American people who don't get the idea of relegation because there is no relegation or promotion in American sport, largely, um, especially professional sport. Um, and explain what happened, how we did it, how we came from being a minor, what they call, they call a minor league team, to being a Premier League team, winning the FA Cup. What, what happened a few years after that, as we know, and go through that again. So, 14 years later, after winning the FA Cup, we don't exist, we start again. And we always repeat the story and doing it in nine years twice. That whole thing is just nuts. You wouldn't, if you wrote that as a play or as a, as a film, an editor would go, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Isn't, that. isn't that a bit fantastic? Surely that stuff doesn't happen in real life. You think, well, it bloody has. It's just... And then you could have supported Arsenal, which had been great because you'd been, you know, won things, but you'd have been in the same division for, is it 90 years or 80 years? How boring is that? So <laughs> what, what, what world events have happened since you last played at Plyleen? Just rough idea. Well, I've got married twice and divorced twice. Trust you to be depressing. <laughs> Bob, anything happy? Um, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my football team, my football team uh, uh, restarted uh, again 20 years ago and, and began to League One. <laughs> like, I'm, um, I'm thinking yeah. there must be a lot, of, a lot of kids around 25 to 30 who are, are like, wow. Well, they don't get it. That's, that's, that's the interesting thing. That's, that's why I wanted Bob on, because obviously, you know, Paul and I, we're in our 50s. Bob is also in his 50s, slightly older. I didn't want someone, with all respect, to have to have on this programme. I was going to get someone younger on who hadn't been to Plough Lane or maybe had only been to, to Kingsman. We've been there for 18 years. So if you're 25, for example, you probably don't remember going anywhere else. You might have been to times. I grew up on the Plough Lane. I, I, that's where I grew up. I consider that to be the place where I finished my growing up. I, 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 I started. I, I, I was going really regularly from from fourteen, fifteen, and then got to drinking age with all the same lads. You know what I mean? And and yeah. um, you know, I, I literally grew up on Plough Lane, and and, and uh, it's just been such. An, and I was the very first person to have Wimbledon FC tattooed on their arm. That's. That's when we went from being somebody's wow. second club to being, you know, people's first club. We were yeah. just Wimbledon. We weren't like Wimbledon and Chelsea or Wimbledon and Arsenal or Wimbledon and Tottenham. We were just Wimbledon. And that generation, we were really lucky. I mean, one, we got to see punk happen. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I used to see the, the, the lads like Steve Elson and that, or, 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 or punk gigs around London. <laughs> and... Um, and also Wimbledon sort of got into the league and started that ridiculous journey as we were going into it. So, I mean, my timing was just impeccable as a Wimbledon fan. Impeccable. Yeah, you couldn't have started any better. But so, what, to answer Paul's question, when we got into the, well, when we left Plough Lane, 
it was only what seven months after Tha Margaret Thatcher had gone. That long. Jesus, ago. the old bitch. I was thinking. I was thinking about the Berlin Wall. Was that there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was Berlin Wall was eighty nine. Thatcher ninety. You think it was ten years before nine eleven? It's this extraordinary story. Well, we, we, had a, yeah. we got a Labour government. We got a Labour government <clears throat> government um, in my lifetime, but although it was a Blair government, so it sort of doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but you know that that was a, a memorable moment. I quite enjoyed that, and we had some quite decent music in the nineties. I think the the the, the, the English music scene in the late nineties, you know, all all in for me in my brain is when we were a Premier League side. Mm. That's very true. That is very true. I mean, yeah, I suppose if you look at the music of the time of '91. What was number one? Well, I, I, I'll look, I didn't know that. I'll look it up. What was number one the last time we played a home game? It's probably something like The Beloved, The Sun Rising, or something like that. Not that number one has ever meant anything since, since Blondie. <laughs> Do you know what? It's, it's weird because when it was, I was saying this the other day, it's, it's funny how you always, so like us, all three of us are into music and football. And how you remember gigs and football that co correspond yeah. to each other and stuff like that. Well, I feel disappointed because I was a massive Smiths fan, massive Morrissey fan, and that's all gone to shite since he turned into Hitler. And um, so I've got to try and find some new... So I'm just kind of focusing on Smiths and Johnny Marr and things like that. I say things have changed in our lifetime that you didn't expect, and that, that was one of the things. I mean, you know, he might not be as right-wing as Hitler, but he's certainly going there, so that's disappointing. So, I mean... When you were doing the punk circuit, Bob, and, and, and you must have seen Stuart Pearce at a few punk gigs as well, surely, did you? Or Lurkers, always the lurkers. Like two or three times at the lurkers. They were my, my favourite live, one of my favourite live bands, the lurkers. Um, yeah, he was always at the lurkers gigs. And, like, you know, it could be the night before. And uh, I remember seeing him the night before a, a really, really massive game, but it was a lurkers gig. I can't remember. I think it was a European game for Forest, but um, he he uh, he he. I saw him the night before at a lurkers gig. He wasn't drinking. I do remember. Like, we we was watching him <laughs> see if he had a drink, but he didn't. Um, but yeah, no. Um, he he was always like the main one, and of course, a, a major hero of anyone who played football at any level. Someone who who, who goes from non-league right the way to the top. And being an England star, yeah. Although my mate, my only gripe with Stuart Pearce is um, the fact that he kept Nigel Winterburn out of the England side, and I always that is very Nigel true. Winterburn. Yeah, one of the, but you know, the possibly the best player technically who's ever played for Wimbledon in his position, uh, and um, arguably, uh, and yeah. I'm going to argue it. No, no, uh, I'll, and, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll... Stuart Pearce cost him 50, 50 caps, man. Easy. That's a but good you know, point. Do you know what I was saying about the other night as well, though? You, I mean, you must be the most robbed club in history. You get robbed of your grounds, you get robbed of your identity, you get, and then you get <laughs> robbed of the chance to actually go back to the first game after 29 years. It's just... Well, they're referring robbed to the other guy. Yes, robbed you did Europe. as well. Yeah, yeah, robbed of Europe. Several times. So, so like, it, it is... It, is it, must, it must have been bittersweet to the extent, but... You must be fed up with these things happening to you guys. You think pick on someone else for a while. It would be nice. I mean, you think with the three the three grounds we've left, you Plow Lane, well four, Plow Lane, we didn't know it was our last game. Sellers oh. Park didn't know it was gonna be the last game. Well, most of most of most of us chose it to be our last game, but we didn't we chose it retrospectively a few weeks after. 
Kings Meadow, which been obviously the last five home games postponed or cancelled, didn't have them. So the last three grounds we've left, we didn't know we were going to leave on that day. So we didn't have a party. We didn't have a farewell to Plough Lane kind of thing like West Ham did with the, with, uh, with Upton Park. Or mm. Bowling Ground for West Ham fans start phoning in saying it's not called Upton Park, we know. Um, you have Bianca Westwood and Ben Shepherd giving a nice little you know, TV show and master of ceremonies. We didn't have that. We just didn't know. And so here we are again. So th- th- left three grounds without knowing and moved into another ground without, without being there. To be fair, Brentford... Exactly the same position. They have moved into a new ground and people haven't gone. And it's 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 very sad. But in the grand it's scheme of things... It's happened to them once. OK. It's happened to them once. Yes, that is true. I'm trying, I'm trying, to, be, I'm trying to be objective. I know, so I know it's only Brentford fans have listened to this podcast, but as you hear us so much, <laughs> likewise, carry on. <laughs> anyway, but that's, that's by the by, we have done it. It is an incredible story. And, and it it's interesting to see the reaction of other fans. Mm. when something like this happens when you move into a new ground you get goodwill messages from other from fans of other clubs who wouldn't normally give you the steam off their piss and it's quite nice anyway so let's talk there was, a lot, about- there was a lot of love there was a lot of love and I thought it was it was nice and I think that's brilliant because if one thing we need in football these days if everything's gone wrong and the, the money and everything else is it's so nice that people are still rooting for other people who have had a yeah. really horrible time and you guys have they all like the yeah. They they all really like the thought of um, uh, of that if it happened to them that they could do it too. Oh God, <laughs> yes. it's, an, it's an inspiration, you know. And, and like Berry Berry can't have a conversation without mentioning us. And I, you know, fair play because uh, you know we are we are the ultimate example in those. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, I have told I have, sorry, Bob. I have told um, Kevin this story because you guys know that that Winkleman and his little. Um, well, arseholes came to see us and tried to sell us the dream of a move to this lovely stadium in Buckinghamshire around about the time you guys were going through it and one of the best things I heard during that there's a pub full of QPR fans all listening to it all very and some, I won't lie were in favour of it couldn't believe it but that's entirely up to them and they have to live with themselves with that I wouldn't so I'm sitting there Bob and this fella goes great, love it it's fantastic Thanks for the video. Thanks for the slideshow. Now fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is the best response ever to something like that. There and so I mean, it's just I, I I'm so pleased that you did it in a non-patronising sky way because you can dream again, can't you, Bob? You can you can you can dream of what can can happen if this can happen. What else can happen? Yeah. And, I think. And, and, you know, we, we, we've done it in a league position, which is way above our station, which is just so classically Wimbledon. So it's hard not to sit there thinking, oh, my goodness, we could actually do something again, couldn't we? You know, like, you know, you sort of, can you dream of the Premiership? No, probably not. But I, I, for me, being where we are is like being in the Premiership, you know, like, mm. yeah, it's an incredible thing, but... You just never know with us, something might happen. You know, it's never boring. We're just not going to be a boring... This is not going to be a boring venture. Um, I, 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 I still wish we should do that. Yeah, sorry. Go I on. think we need a Latin motto, which would make it making the impossible possible. We'll be lovely in the bottom of our badge, because we've done it so often, every time something's impossible. To be fair, last year, this time last year, we thought we'd gone as far as we could. When that yeah, massive, really? massive shortfall occurred... Of, if it had been a couple of million quid, you think, oh, someone, someone will have that. 
when it's 11 million pounds and there's the ground's going to stop and they're not going to build the stadium we'll have nowhere to go and the agreement to play at king's meadows coming this is pre-covid the agreement for playing at king's meadows coming to an end you think well now what are we buggered is that it do we lose our place and it, for a couple of days it was pretty horrible and then of course i can mention again charlie talbot xavier wiggins yeah. and um, uh other people Legend. and they um, came up with some this fantastic idea of, of coming up with this idea of a um, of a bond, and that that saved that saved the club, that saved that saved our dream, but it did seem like that was the end of it. Now I, I, I did about fifteen radio interviews on the day that the news broke, and I said, to be honest, I think this might be it. I can't see how we're going to come back from this unless somebody comes up with the money, and of course, who came up with the money? We all did. So I should have I shouldn't have doubted my own fellow supporters. It just felt like we'd gone one step too far, the wrong way. Did you think that as well? Well, I, I, was, I was waiting for the inevitable problem with the builders. There's, you know, we don't do building contracts in this country without them suddenly realising there isn't enough money in the coffers to finish it. That's just <laughs> yes. how we do building in this country. So I was always expecting that. But then when I heard that money, it's like, what? Um, I did, yeah, no, I thought it was gone. You know, I was um, I really thought it had gone. But then what did we do? Our, our extraordinarily well-off supporters dug deeper again. I bet there's a few blokes in the doghouse who are not allowed out of the pub for the next couple of years because of it um, <laughs> yes. uh, at home. You know, uh, I'm sorry, I've just, inve just invested 60 grand of uh, your children's inheritance in my football club. Let's hope <laughs> it works. Yeah. Um, and I only... I only chose one percent um, as the interest rate rather than four percent, but I'm sorry about that. That's that that's happened. Yeah, um, it's just it, it feels like uh, it feels like a film script and a miracle somehow. I don't believe in miracles. I'm an atheist. Um, but Jesus, well, what do we do here? What what can we how how can we fail? You know, how many hurdles can we not jump? It's just yeah. an incredible story and like. And me, like you, we've just had, we've had our little part. We've done our little bit, you know, and, and all of us have done that little bit. Yeah, and, definitely. And I look, I look at my mates that I grew up with <clears throat> and I'm looking in the boardroom and I'm looking on the stretcher bearers and I'm looking and uh, I'm looking as in, in the voluntary stewards. I'm, I'm looking, you know, just, I'm looking, I'm looking at my mates building a football club. It's just like really hard not to get emotional. So you, I don't know how you weren't that emotional the other night. Apart from the fact that the coverage was absolutely just not watchable. So I watched on the BBC like update. Ah, uh, didn't see any of that. No, I, 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 I certainly didn't mean to, I didn't go with the intention. I'm, I'm not going to let this affect me. I just wanted to watch it. I just felt, no. Uh, I'm not there. None, none of us. If I if I missed the game because I was abroad on business, okay, no problem whatsoever. Everybody else gets to enjoy it. That's just my bad luck, right? But this because it was such a everybody missed it. It just felt I felt so sad for everybody else. People like yeah. you know you, you've been going so you've been going to sit fifty years since your first game, isn't it? Uh, no, uh, yeah, no, no. It's, it's forty six. Uh, bloody glory hunters always come on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I glory hunter. I was a glory hunter. I jumped on the, the Alan Batsford bandwagon and, and only Wimbledon supporters will know what that means. But I exactly. did. I jumped, you know, they were the, they were the biggest non-league club. They were the Man United and non-league at the time. Yeah. And I jumped on that bandwagon because of the team that transferred from Walton that were already famous. 
yes. um, pretty much moved to Wimbledon. On you know, all the best players moved to Wimbledon, and I jumped on that. And that was the back page of all the local paper headlines. You know, <laughs> the Walton boys have joined Wimbledon, and and that was what dragged me along. And of course, the cup run in '74. So, in in, yeah. in I was a non-league glory hunter. <laughs> yeah, that's the best kind. But you've been going 46 years. I've been going 42. And obviously, you you obviously work with Ivor. We're talking about Ivor Heller, our commercial director. Um, I've, I remember getting a coach to Norwich with him in 1985. When he, I think Ivor was 54. So I was 17. He was 19. Here we are. And you, I remember you remember, I remember the first time I ever went in the Sportsman pub, you were there. I remember you, so that was about 1980 with my dad. So we've known each other like 40 years. And it's bizarre. People you've known all this time, all of a sudden, just rather than just being Wimbledon fans, but you know, actually done something like, you know, people have raised money. We know people who have, who have put, you said, put their child's education fund into the club. A couple, a couple, both Wimbledon fans have cancelled their wedding and put the money they're going to put in the wedding into the club. I mean, who does that? But yeah. at least it was a joint. A joint what, what, if she spoke Crystal Palace, that'd have been horrific, wouldn't it? Well, he did. But they did it together. But people have made sacrifices and things. And you know, people have gone through illnesses. And as you said, there's a lot of people who sadly aren't with us anymore that have, you know, passed away before we, they got the chance to go to the games. And it's it's really sad. But it is a monumental achievement, isn't it? I, 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 I don't know. I'm trying to bore people who aren't Wimbledon fans. If you support, you know, Portsmouth or Torquay or Hartlepool, and you listen to singing, oh, shut up, talking about Wimbledon. No, we're not going to shut up talking about Wimbledon on this particular episode. Not going to happen. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Can I, can I just ask you a question? Yeah. Can I just ask you Sorry, guys. Uh, one, one question I would ask. For those who don't know, like someone like me, who's quite mm. ignorant and thick anyway, in some yeah. ways, yeah. what happens <laughs> if the club gets successful? Does the money then get filtered back to the fans? Will it come back to the people who've invested it? How will they? How does this happen? What, what, what's the process? Do you want to tell it, Bob, or shall I? Yeah, you, it's probably better coming from you, yeah. Okay, so with the, the people who invested their money in the bond will get their money back at a certain time. Uh, it's between five and ten years. Is that right, Bob? I think it is, isn't it? Five yeah. and ten years. Yeah. So you'll get your money back anyway. But obviously, the higher up we go, the more successful we go, and the successful we are, the more money we make, the better it is for people. However... There's not going. You're not going to make an awful lot of money out of it because they, they, when you, when you put the money in, you said, "Would you like the money back in five or ten years?" So some people have had their money in, and will get it back in five years with four percent interest. And some have said ten years or one percent or whatever. I'm not sure what the average is, but um, it's not about making money out of it. It's you. Some people will yes. get their money back. Everyone will get their money back at some point, but it doesn't matter if we're not going to sell. It's not like we can sell out to a a shake of, of, of from Oman. Let me just check that. Well, that's what I was to... thinking. I was saying if not, he had taken not, over, not what happens? Under the constitution of, uh, of the Don's Trust, that cannot happen. Brilliant. Okay. So it's proper. Currently, Currently it proper. Happen. Yeah. So obviously Amazing. we did have an investment, Nick Robertson, a, a Wimbledon fan from Wimbledon, who is one of the founding directors of ASOS, the clothing company. He put two point something million pounds in. Thank you, Nick. Every time I mention his name, I thank him um, to bridge that gap that wasn't wasn't quite bridged by the fans but he's a Wimbledon fan and a season ticket holder so it's not like some businessman from out from nowhere has come and well, I'll give you some mm. money he's an actual yeah, fan no, who just happened to have a lot more money than I have and he put it in I would have done the same if I, if I had as much money as he has been very you know astute to earn I would happily do that he didn't have to do it but he did it because he wanted to 
He, he was yeah, originally he, part of invested in other. He's invested in other local um, uh, projects like the yes, Polk yeah. Theatre, um, yeah. which which is a, a Wimbledon treasure as well. Um, mm. It's a, a children's puppet theatre. <laughs> I remember and, it. And uh, you know, and he and it, he that is only there because of the money that he's put in. So <clears throat> you can almost fairly much guess that his intentions are, are honest. And, oh, that's amazing. And he literally. He, he took 10% of the club for like nearly 3 million quid, which values us at nearly 30 million quid, um, yeah. which also puts us in a really strong position from an investor point of view once we can start earning money again. So like yeah. the whole financial thing will start to look after itself in time once we're allowed to, to, to get the full revenue from our fans. I'm, I'm fairly <coughs> confident from this point that, that we can function as long as we don't go and spend like, three years money on a budget one year you know as long, yeah. as, long as we keep that real uh, and within that our thing there's no reason why we should ever have to invite anyone in now no no you're right way, I think, yeah just just to say after our little experiment with the premiership and spending loads of money if you want to know how not to do it i'm your man Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll come to you and ask you, Paul, what did you do? What did QPR do in 2009? And then we'll just go, okay, don't do that. But anything, anything uh, you said, don't do it. Get but a couple of identity. in as well. But you know what, though? But you know what, Bob? It's, it's weird because it does... Oh, I know this is in Wimbledon, but I support QPR because I only talk from the thing. But you know what? It does change because we became sort of like if, when we were in the second division and we were fighting with no money, we'd buckets out, we were doing this, we were doing that. We were like kind of like trying to do what you guys are going to keep functioning. Then once we started waving money at other fans, I kind of felt a little bit woozy and sick because it just <clears> wasn't my football club. And it does change it. And that's why I asked the question about the investment and how it stands because what you've done should stay proper and should stay close to its roots and it's the idea of it you will be possibly the only football club that is not only fans owned but for the fans as well which is more amazing than actually just getting back to play in my book yeah. it's proper yeah. and I think that's you know how, how you guys because I was there the, we, we were due to Bob just like you know we were due to do a podcast and like the news broke remember Kev you phoned me mm-hmm. and he said look I can't do a podcast this is happening and it's really bad blah blah and he was pretty distraught I won't lie. And it's just like, so it hasn't been easy. So, wow. I mean, it'd be great to see you guys back at Loftus Road because then we can all get drunk together and sing songs again. And um, That would pretend... require you going down or us going up or a cup meeting, of course. Let's hope for a cup meeting. Mate, with, with Wimbledon and Queen's Park Rangers, I don't think you can, you can rule out anything, which includes the first team to have a Martian plan for them. So, um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that too much. So... But that would be a top cup quarterfinal for me, that would. Oh, that would be nice. The trouble is, Bob, the trouble is we never get there. We're always at the first round. So you'd have to get us in the first round. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. First round, <laughs> I think Bob has stumbled across a great new fit and proper person. Um, oh, go on. Thing. Because if, you're, if someone wants to put money in your football club, you do your, you do your due diligence and you do your research and see who they are, right? So are they putting money into sweatshops? Okay, not, not good. Are they buying 14 million pounds worth of cryptocurrency? No, let's not bother. Have they invested their own money into a children's puppet theater? Yes, well, let's have them in. I think it's the perfect yeah. thing. Yeah. I think anybody who invests in a football club in the, area. In, the, yeah, in the local area, they should invest 
money in a children, if there is one, a children's puppet theatre or children's workshop it within a five mile radius of the ground <laughs> of the club they want to buy. I think that's a perfect thing. Forget how much money they've got. Are they doing something nice? Yes, they will. They can come in. I think it makes them trustworthy. Anyway, let's talk about comedy, Bob. This is your, you are a professional, I know you've run pubs and done other, other things, but you are a professional comedian. And for anyone that's not familiar well, with your comedy, wrong comedy is your, is your, your, your clubs, your baby. Can you talk to us about why it's so wrong? I know, obviously, but some the people listening may not be fully aware of how wrong it is. Well, I just come from a I come from a different generation where a jokes a joke and you can sort of joke about anybody, punch up, punch down. Um, you know, we we we've all got our own rules about what's acceptable and just wrong comedy is look, we're gonna be fucking rude if you like it, come along. And um started I did my first Edinburgh run of 23 shows in 2012. And up until last year, I'd done eight on the trot and the show's just, you know, it's, it's built up and it's got its own following. And, you know, I don't even have to advertise. People just come and find it. And, um, and, and, that, and I've been doing that show around the country um, for a few years now and, and, and enjoying it. There is a market for that especially football clubs, rugby clubs, you know, um, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to make, I'm not likely to make it onto live at the Apollo. Um, no. They might just give my show a half hour on channel four at two o'clock in the morning, um, <laughs> but with, without showing any of the jokes, because there's literally no limit on it. Um, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a very left wing person, but I've had people being racist on the show, but he was dressed as a policeman. As a, as a London copper. And, and so he was being racist as a London copper. So, yeah, I've had racism and, and, and you know, and my own sort of sort of working class, quite, quite sharp, um, <laughs> left, left wing, nasty stuff and, and, and jokes about imaginary family. And, you know, literally just any anything is doable. And, and, and so comedians are begging to be on the show so they can do that stuff. And I was actually doing really quite well coming up for my ninth consecutive 23 show run. I've done over 200 shows at the Edinburgh Fringe of it um, and was lined up for a really good Christmas until it all died <laughs> and all the gigs had to be cancelled. I had a really good run in from what was supposed to be Edinburgh last year um, and and up for Christmas. So COVID's really buggered me. I'm, my my only interests in life are live football, live comedy, and live music, and I can't do any of that. Um, so yeah, COVID, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> COVID is fucking it up quite a bit. But I, I'm fairly determined. I'm getting things lined up now so that if we, the moment we do um, open up, <clears throat> either I'm ready to get a few shows together if people are uh, are ready for it, and uh, and I, you know, as I say, there is a market for it, um, and uh, I'm. I'm fairly proven that on a low level. And now I've just got to wait for that opportunity to come back at them again. Um, yeah, no, up, 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 offensive comedy, I say, just like, they're a joke. Shut up, you twat. It's a joke. Yeah, I think that's a difficult thing with comedy, where, where you, it's, it comes out of your mouth. I remember, I don't mind me mentioning him, I saw a thing with Jimmy Carl, and he's saying, most, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't believe anything he says. It's a joke. Here's, here's a line, yeah. here's, here's the punchline. If you find that funny, that's great. If you don't find that funny, that's also fine. But don't complain. 
Yeah. It's just you've, you've, yeah. you can't come to one of my concerts or one of my gigs and be offended. Because if you're offended, you wouldn't be here. You must fully appreciate that when I make jokes about, you know, his mum or, or ladies' parts or whatever he makes jokes about, it's, it's, just, it's, it's to make you laugh. It's not... But people get so offended nowadays. And I, I can see how wrong comedy would have been absolutely great early 80s, mid 80s, when, when everything was fair game. But now there's so much... I'm going to use the phrase snowflakery around and people being yeah, offended yeah. for other people. So I think it's got, there's someone called it um, um, transferable offend, transferable offensiveness, where you yeah, feel yeah. offended on behalf of other people when those people don't feel offended by what happened, but you feel it for them. Then what are you doing? Just accept what, did you find it funny? Yes or no? Then it's great. But I think from a neutral point of view, what you've got to realise yeah. when you go to see comedy and whatever is, in Northern Ireland, and Bob, you'll know this because you've been to Northern Ireland, we had a wee chat while you were doing what you were doing. Um, yeah, I was doing it. Yeah, thank you. I what it was because that's COVID brain. <laughs> As you well know, Bob, you lose your brain. Anyway, um, if we didn't have humour, we would never have got through the troubles. And it was brutal. I mean, the things that we used to say, to, if you've been to Northern Ireland, anyone in Northern Ireland listen to this, if you were what you call a snowflake, now you could, in my mind, you could be a snowflake on the left or the right. It doesn't matter. You can be both. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's not just one side. You would be in bits. I took my wife over to Northern Ireland and she had listened to what people were saying and she's like, and that's your friends? Do you yeah. know? Because it's how you get through. As I say with Erda, you wouldn't get through because it, it was dark and it was horrible. And without the kind of gallow humour, and what we've lost as a society is that wee bit of don't walk 30 miles to be offended, walk 30 miles to hear a really good joke. Yeah. 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 But I, that, that, being offended is, is when, you've, when you have to apologise. I remember Jeremy Clarkson apologising, saying, sorry if you were offended. He didn't apologise for what he'd said. Yeah, he yeah, he, yeah. he, he apologised because you might have felt offended. You think, I know he made a joke that was pretty awful one on top here but the sort of joke he made there you could you could make in a comedy club because people know it you don't mean it because you're a comedian but when you're a, a supposedly a, a motoring journalist and you make that yeah. kind of fly snide remark in a in a in a, a film about vietnamese bridge you don't need to make that joke that, that, do, that's it, do you not know it's I, me I, I, kevin I, sorry go on i spent ages um building a character that was so ridiculous that it was okay to say what I said. <clears throat> and, that, and that became sort of less important to me as, as I went through and I sort of slowly learned the job. Um, but actually, it's even funnier when I am still that character. So I still am that character that's so ridiculous, it's almost okay to say what I said because you can't mean it. It's fucking <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. But do you know what? And so like, I worried about it a lot. Okay. But the worry is, Bob, can I be honest with you? I, 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 you're the really offensive community supposed to be on the right-hand side of things, like Jim Davison, Lee Hurst, all that nonsense. I don't find them particularly outrageous in what they say. I find them incredibly unfunny. Not one thing they say makes me think, I don't agree with that, and it's funny. I think, you're just a hateful bastard. And yeah. you're, you're about as funny yeah. as syphilis. You know, it's it's just 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 awful, and, and I kind of get that. So I think it all depends. On the, I used to love going to the comedy club, and because um, I'm, I'm crap, I, I must be the only person from Belfast who can't be funny, and mm -hmm. we've made a living out of that. 
And it's just nice, but I think the thing is, it's kind of like, but I remember what, I'll tell you this quickly, sorry. I went, I went with my mate, I hope he's not listening to this. And his mate was a comedian and it was a comedy club. And they were awful. I'm not going to lie, right? So worst comedy I've ever seen in my life. It was like watching Gus Sings' <laughs> debut for QPR away to Wimbledon when we lost 4-0. It was an absolute shocker. And the, 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 bit, the bit at the end was two of the guys started arguing with the compere calling them a wanker and this, that and the other. And I thought, ah, right. So it was crap. But then it builds up to this finale at the end where they start chucking things at each other. He pulls a curtain down and have a fight behind the curtain. Turns out it was real. And it was a genuine fight. And I thought, that's a shame because it ruined it because everything else was absolutely shade. And at the end, I'm going, oh, that's, I like that. And he goes, no, that, that, that wasn't meant to happen. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> And the bloke wasn't funny. He did a terrible impersonation of Ian Paisley that made him sound Welsh for a start, which is anyway. Yeah. But anyway, well, do, do you think, Bob, you can get yourself down to Wimbledon and get a wee gig at the new ground, do you reckon? I reckon I'm... Well, I'm going to just beg until it happens. Um, <clears> you know, I, I, I'm, it, I won't be asking for wages. Um, let's, 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 I, I, I've done quite a few down King's Meadow, um, and so like, I, I hope I'm in their mind. And also, like I, I've been working with Jill Stratton, who's a who's, who's a, um, a big Wimbledon volunteer. She um, she's been working on these top comedy shows for for the last few years as well. So yeah. between us, I think we've got enough to to put on a decent comedy show. Can I, I can I tell you before I go off, like the the uh, the my the joke that's got me um, in most trouble, that got me closest to getting beaten up in a football match. <laughs> Uh, a Go football, from... sorry, a, a, a comedy gig about football. Do you want to hear it? it it's it's yes. it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But um, there were this was this was in Luton, and and I wasn't expecting the amount of um, uh, uh, I wasn't expecting the, the the demographic of the football fans in <laughs> in the audience. And I sort of did a joke, and they said, uh, you know, Chelsea, they're a very big club these days. They, you know, they've probably got four million supporters. They've got a multi-billionaire owner. You know, they're a really big club, shown all over the world, play all over the world. But you know what? They've only got 40,000 seats. So if you work it out, that's 3,960,000 fat racists shouting at the telly down the pub. <laughs> uh, I, I, I see nothing wrong with that at all. No, I'm going to say you. I had 20, pe 20 people waiting for me outside the gig, and the promoter, and I'd sneaked out the back door already, and I was on the train back from Luton, and he sent me the picture of 20 blokes waiting for me outside the gig, Chelsea supporters. <laughs> did, did they want your autograph, do you reckon, Bob? Yeah, I reckon, yeah, that was what they wanted. But see, that's, a, that's a weird <laughs> thing, you see. I, see that, I mean, without being too political, what John Terry did in that QPR match, we'd possibly back your joke up. What they did in Paris with not letting a person on the train would back up that joke. In fact, in the 70s, 80s and 90s, what they did to the people who sold the Chelsea independent fanzine would back up that joke. So, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, anyone that knows about football who, who's a London supporter will go, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ask Paul Cannaville whether that's funny or whether that's true. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess weird because well, like I, I chased, I chased the National Front supporters away. They were, they, they started collating, co- collecting around the corner of Plough Lane. There was a little cut-off bit on the corner, and they were there. No, so what we did was um, we we got a, we got a couple of kids to to go and call the old Bill and say there was trouble at the other end of the road. And the old Bill just went running off to the other end of the road and we beat up the National Front supporters. I mean, sorry, some people beat up the National Front supporters. Yes, yes. Of course, Bob. They never came back. They never came back. They, they got the same reaction at Rangers, actually, surprisingly enough. But if you looked at where Rangers was, it was a very Irish club um, in London with a lot of Labrick Grove, Notting Hill, working class kids, Notting Dale, which was a very working class industrial area. He didn't like... So I, mm. I'm kind of now where society is completely confused about the political stance of the working class because I'm not saying that as a middle-class kid. I'm saying that as a kid who was grew up in every council state in Belfast and London. And you kind of... Not every, but you know, get own council states. And I just find it weird. It's like this whole thing with Trump. I was reading the other day. I know this is away from Wimbledon, but like his biggest support is the, the working class and uh, Hispanics. And mm. I'm, I'm absolutely baffled by that one. You know, I think <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, that that's just yeah. The world's crazy. Like the world I'm is voting for Winkleman. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? In real life, he was a lot shorter than I thought he was. I couldn't believe, and he kept I've sweating. Seen, I've only seen no. him stand. I've seen him sitting down in a chair. I, if he comes on the TV or anything, I, I just don't look at it. I don't, I, all, I'm, all I'm saying to you, Kevin, he snuffled a lot. And he sweated a lot. For someone in the music industry, I've got no idea why that was. We'll just leave that one there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, can, we can imagine that. But maybe just that he has a lot of coal. Are you saying he has a lot of coal? I think so, yes. Not uh, lot of he that. Mix, he mixes with a lot of people who have colds. That's, that's what that is. But, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a strange time for us as Wimbledon Fanta because the idea of we're back in our promised land, we're back in our home ground or our hometown... For the first time in almost 30 years, and we can't. It must go. be amazing for you two. I can't really? imagine how you must. I'd be absolutely over the moon until you can't go. Yeah. Which is the biggest shit on earth. It's again, in the grand at some point we'll go, whether it's April or I think probably my tip, my prediction will be we don't get to go till August next year. Oh. You know, if that's how it takes it, if that means less people die. And we can't really complain. We're missing no, going to football matches. No, I, 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 I can complain. I, I can complain about. I don't mind people dying. It's fine. I, I just want to go to Plough Lane. It's great. It's <laughs> we'll have to agree to differ on that slightly. It depends. I, 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 I'm an old communist, so I, you know, people dying doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I want to watch some football. Unless they die while they're taking a penalty, which isn't good. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I'd Actually, like. Isn't that game against Barrow just been cancelled because of COVID uh, or something? Yes, a number of our players have COVID nineteen. So our game, our game against Barrow in the FA Cup is off, and then our game presumably next week at home to Wigan will be off as well. So that's a shame. Oh, but, you know, so, so, so it's a load of young people who won't have any symptoms and and, and like literally could could just oh that's well, just so yeah. annoying. <laughs> they won't have any symptoms. No, there's symptomless people. I, th- I, I, I keep, every time I hear someone say the symptoms, I just think of the symptoms theme tune. I, I can't think of anything. I just want to see the symptoms. And then. See, I, the thing is, I tested positive to COVID and I didn't have any of the frigging symptoms, to be honest with you. 
I just talked a huge amount of shite. That's the reason why I knew I had something wrong with me. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, I take it you guys aren't in the FA Cup tomorrow. Well, so, we should be playing Barrow, but we are not playing anybody now because we at Wits postponed. And this is no. the second round, I believe. First, First, First. round, okay. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll be supporting second. FC United of Manchester in their game against Doncaster. I mean, I hope they can uh, get a result like we didn't the other night. So. Yeah. No, I, 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 at least we're in the hat for the second round. That's good. So if you get to the third round and you play us, who mm. wonder who you'll get in the fourth round? <laughs> we have, we, well, yes. I, I, would, I, would, I, I had these dreams about five, six years ago. I dreamt two nights in a row during the summer, not even football season, that we played away to a team in the FA Cup who wore red and white stripes. I'm convinced it was Stoke. It's never happened. One day, I think it's in our destiny to be away to There's Stoke. There's quite a few. There's Lincoln, Stoke, Exeter, and Southampton. Oh, Southampton have got more of a thing going across. Yeah, but Southampton have changed it, haven't they? They've got that thing going across. Yeah, it's, which it's is a, weird. A centenary, a centenary kit. Let's mention kits now, Paul. We have discussed this, that the last QPR home game, which was Saturday last week, QPR played in their red and white halved kit, which yeah. was a celebration of the 75-76 season when they didn't win anything. Um, That's a bit harsh. No, on the 45th occasion of a one-all draw against Coventry. Now, they, did, they came second. Why, why would you have a commemorative kit for, for coming second? Okay, if I, could just, if I could just explain this into a thing. Why yeah. the hell not? Is it anything to do with the fact that the kits were on sale and they were 60 quid? Yes, possibly. But <laughs> it's a lovely kit. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, all right, you want to talk about 76, probably the greatest side never to win the league ever, in my opinion, that we should have pissed the league. Why Liverpool got to play 10 days later, I will never know to the day I die. We should have, yes. but typical QPR, you go all that way and you lose to freaking Norwich and it blows up in your face, yada, yada, yada. And then we look, we're the first also because of that team to go out on penalties against AKA Athens away in Greece as well that year. So that yeah. was our, our, our reward. But yeah, it's it, it's an anniversary. It's a lovely kit. Um, 65 quid for a football shirt is hard to yeah, justify. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably cost about £1.50 to make in a sweatshop somewhere. And um, I'm, I'm luckily, I'm too very old and too very fat to wear football shirts now. But yeah, but it is, it is, it is a beautiful kit. It's, it's almost, we're, we're lucky this year because our away kit is like the 82 Cup final kit will be played tomorrow. Mm. So I love the, the retro because we've had some right nasty kits in the last few years. So it's nice to go back in time. But yeah, 65 quid. But you know what? I want to, us to play in the, exactly the same kit we beat Chelsea 6-0 in. That, that to me is proper retro. You've got you a proper Chelsea reason. You've, you've not mentioned that for... Five seconds? Yes. <laughs> we, used to, we used to beat them all the freaking time. It's, I know. It, it became boring after a while. But um, yeah. it, but also, it's kind of like... But what I'm talking of kits, and I'm glad you took the piss out of my club, Kevin. I can return the yep. compliment. I yes. have to say, I have to say, it was brilliant to see you back with the yellow. See, I'm being nice. I hope you <clears> to <throat> agree with this podcast in mind, but I like your new yeah. kit. I think it's proper old retro, and I don't nice know why more yellow, clubs yellow don't shoulder. go back to it. Why? Why are clubs always playing these horrendous? And I include me on this stupid, bright fluorescent, gobshaped kits. Look, the Northern <clears throat> new away kit That's is because something they're that... letting they're letting hmm. the idiots fucking they're letting the idiots design them now. That kit that that we've got for this season was designed by my and Kevin's mate. <laughs> oh, really? Um, who's got yes. an, a very good idea about the past. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 
um, no wonder that our hours actually reflect <laughs> the past accurately. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, is almost the perfect kit for this season. I go, it's, it's lovely. Like it's the best kit we've done. It couldn't believe it how well it was done, and it was done by one of our mates. Yep. Isn't that the simple thing with that's the I've always, But that's what Bob and, and Kev, I've always said this. To get football kits right, you go to fans. Fans will always tell you, I like that one, I like that one, don't like that, yep. don't like this. And you get it right. It's like Northern Ireland to me, it should be green at home, white away from home. Mm-hmm. Then they mess around with blue, it's shite, annoys me. Northern Ireland is one thing. QPR, we should be red away, white at home, Dennis and Menace and Hoops. <laughs> that's it. That, that's all we yeah. should ever do. Because you can't tell me that 15,000 people buying shirts is going to make you a multimillionaire, whether you're Nike or Umbro or what. We don't do that. So give us, just concentrate on your history rather than trying, because we're not going to sell enough kits to make anyone rich for freak's sake. So no. I don't know. I, I, I can't stand modern kits. I know that makes me sound really old, but you know, I'd like to go back a wee bit because there's clubs I see play, I don't even recognise them anymore because their kits have changed so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at Arsenal for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, you spot them a mile away. Like, like the old stadiums, you could you could put in a stadium and say, oh, that's that's Sunderland, that's Roker Park, that's um, the Victoria Ground, that's Loftus Road, that's Ply Lane. Now you're like, oh, it's a bit of concrete, could be frigging anywhere. Yeah, identical. It's, it's a shame. Which is another reason why your ground looks so nice, by the way. It looks individual. Sorry, carry on. Yes, it's nice as one, one, one complete stand and the other three are um, what are called semi permanent. So they'll be there for a while. We don't. We will not be going into the realms of Premier League and needing more seats than that. It's absolutely fine. Looks lovely. Very nicely designed. It works properly. It's. It will look great. There's some great. Was it ten thousand? Is it ten thousand? Eight thousand? Something nine, like that. Nine thousand three hundred. To begin with, that's good. Ideal. Enough. Absolutely fine. You don't. You don't need, for example, a thirty thousand seat stadium, do you? In a, in and, a league and also, league. it's designed so that we can replace the other three sides really quite <coughs> easily. I mean, yeah, it's clever to, to increase to twenty thousand without too much uh, as much bother as it would take yeah. to rebuild three. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're the flat packs. Don't they? Just fold them away, put the new ones in. It's not, yeah, it's if if needed at the moment. Obviously, we don't need it. So anyway, so thank you, Bob. It's been great to have you on. Pleasure I've enjoyed you. that, Bob. You've been our best guest. I have to say, yeah. it. Oh, have I? Yes. Wow, what, in 17? Yay! <laughs> yes. The, yeah, the, 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 the other 16s, me and Kevin, making jokes about our football clubs and Pickle and Chelsea and MK. <laughs> the standard's not great. The MK joke on here, I think I might just get you taken off the fucking... Uh, the yeah, there you go. Oh, we really? to... <laughs> we'll talk to... We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my email. We'll, we'll do it over the form one day. I'd like yeah, to hear let's that. Let's not, let's not annoy Spotify and SoundCloud and Apple too much. But you know what's really weird? When you play them lot... Sorry, guys, to say this. Mm. I, you know, I've told you this many a time. I was coming back for a Rangers game with my mate, and they, they come on the train, this guy, he's wearing... A, I told Kevin, my man was blown. <laughs> he was wearing a really nice football T-shirt, Bob. You know what I mean? Like proper retro. I think it was Muller and Zico from the 70s. It was a really nice... Niche T-shirt. I thought, I like that. Like, how'd you get on today? Oh, we lost, as usual. Yeah. How'd you get on? You know, your football fan, yeah. MK, end the conversation. Both looked <laughs> at the floor. Didn't want to say another word to him. And we completely ignored him. And it was, he just shuffled off. And then when we played Loftus <laughs> yeah. Road, I've, as I said to Kevin, they're always wearing like Chelsea hats or Arsenal hats or Spurs hats <clears> with their MK kit, singing MK till I die. And I'm like, well, apart from when you're wearing your Arsenal hat or your Spurs hat. So... <clears> yeah. One thing you'll always have about them bunch is you've got soul, you've got history, 
And now you've got your own frigging ground. So bollocks. And we, and we played in our brand new ground when we were above them in the league. Oh, are you really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good yeah. stuff. Like, oh, another, my God. It's another tick. So basically, all you've got to do this season is knock Chelsea out of the FA Cup and you've been my favourite club of the year. Okay, well, let's, do it. Let's, let's see if we can do it. But yeah, anyway, we're in, that, we're in the hat of the second round anyway. Right, so, Bob Walsh, thank you very much indeed for your time, sir. Hopefully we'll catch up soon right. in person, uh, either at a comedy yeah. gig or at a football match. We can have a beer and actually celebrate properly. And I will promise to come down to the new ground as well in my 76 oh, QPR shirt to Please wind do. him up. Yes. Right, I'll, I, will, I will have a pint of the strongest lager and I'll see you there. Excellent. <laughs> see you, mate. Thanks, Bob. See you, Bob. Cheers, big man. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Take it easy. Bye. It's a bit that says leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can just stay there until I chuck us all out. But we'll oh, I recognise him from the photograph now. All right, okay. I recognise him from the photograph. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, no, yeah. it was good. We'll have to edit that because I fucked up a lot there. Sorry, but I was asking too many Definitely. questions. So no, there's no. bits where we're talking over each other, and also, um, the somebody said, I thought, hang on, we might have to take that out, but anyway, see what you think. That's we'll just we'll, we'll wrap it up now because I'm going to go and speak to mom anyway. Unless right, I so... said a bit where I said, um, Morrissey was like Hitler, might want to take that out. Yeah, we might just we, 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 we could say other fascist leaders are available. <laughs> no, I think we'll just take that. Out. I think we'll just take that. Out. But me, he was good. He's he's good. He's a, he's a very funny man. Anyway, right, let's let's wrap up then, and we can do it. So right. that was our that was our guest, our seventeenth guest, Bob Walshy Walsh. Um, I'm not sure who we got on the next episode or when it's going to be, but we'll have one. We do have Andrea Pasquin, who is a supporter of Kevo Verona. He recorded a nice little thing for us, and we'll try and get some songs back. Um, mm. It's been a strange scene of you, obviously. Paul, very difficult time. Um, and for me, it's been absolutely fine, to be honest with you. I've got no excuses not to do this. But but thank you for bearing with us, Paul, and continuing to do the podcast under difficult no, circumstances. No, we're back. We're, we're back. We're back. And it's something that we... Um, I'm going to dedicate this podcast to my mother, actually, Veronica. Yes. So thank I'll you. do that. And we, we um, yeah, it was sad. But you know what? She'd want me to carry on, which is what I'm going to do. Because it sounds awful. You lose your mum and everyone goes, oh... It, it is the worst thing in the world, I won't lie. But anyway, we'll get on with it. And our next guest, we're going to try and get someone really good on that we have no idea who it is yet because that's what me and Kevin do. It's a bit, it is on the fly, isn't it? But we'll, we'll, we'll get somebody on. Anyway, so thank you for listening. Um, hopefully, at some point in the next year or so, we can go back to watching football matches live. But for now, we've got the telly. And hopefully, the PPV, the pay-per-view games, will be stopped or it'll be yes. with 15 quid so tonight. Burn. Who wants to watch Brighton versus Burnley for 15 quid unless you support Brighton or Burnley? And last time I saw it was nil-nil. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't see. Not missed much, but I just crazy. I, I, I reckon I would watch Liverpool Man City or Liverpool Tottenham and pay 15 quid for that. Otherwise, I ain't doing it. You know what, Kev? I mean, I know we're going to go in a second, but I don't know. They always build up these big matches. Like the other day I watched Arsenal <clears> play Man U, which was always a big game, wasn't it? And mm. it's not even COVID anymore. It's TV kills <clears> it. They hype these games up so much and then they play them and they're cack. And sometimes you get a better game like Villa versus Liverpool was brilliant. Yeah. You know, not just because <laughs> Liverpool got absolutely spanked, but, you know, sometimes the, the, the games you don't expect to be are, are the good ones and the big ones are overhyped. 
Well, the Arsenal man in, or man United Arsenal was 16th versus 12th. I know. Not, you wouldn't normally expect that, would you? So Leicester Wolves is second versus fourth. I know. Great. Leicester and Wolves, fantastic stuff. Anyway, right. So we should, leave, we should wibble on no more. Thank you for listening, everyone. Well, um, I like it. Episode 18 will be with you at some point shortly. Um, have a nice life. Stay safe and stay indoors. I think that's, that's what we should say, isn't it? Hands, face, space. Who I think is a former German international. On oh, what note, you do is ham space you was. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we might edit that bit out too. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye. See you, mate. Take care. See you, Kevin. Say hello to your mum, mate. Take care. I will do. Cheers, mate. See you, mate. See you.